is the Vinny White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Welcome along. This is the Vinny White Show. Yet another edition of the Vinny White Show. It's a selection of news muffins. Fluffy, whipped opinion, baked in a comedy baking tray, loaded with thoughts and observations, then drizzled with sickly sweet amateurism and stuffed into the mouth of a news-hungry Canadian. It's a look back at this week's news, in other words. Could have just said that. Uh, it's the Vinnie White Show. You're listening to News Talk 1010 live and direct. This is Toronto. I am Vinnie White. These are all the things you needed to know. It is the 22nd of October, 2017. Uh, I know the date very well because it's now week three of me giving up booze. Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, before I talk about that, let's talk about um, what's coming up, I suppose. Uh, we'll talk about cocaine. Um, you know, Eric Clapton sang about it. Many people snort it. We've got the stats on who exactly is doing it. Uh, the new stats have come out on who's uh, shoving blow up their bugle on a regular basis. Uh, so we'll look at that. We'll also look at what that absolute moron. I think actually even his own Secretary of State called him an effing moron. So if the Secretary of State's calling him an effing moron, and all I'm doing is calling him an absolute moron, that obviously isn't enough. But we'll look at what that hate-filled, venomous child stuck in the body of a tubby orange man has uh, messed up this week in our weekly feature. What's Trump cocked up now? And has he got any morals? Answer, lots and still no. All that coming your way. We'll also look at a man in Oklahoma that had a 91-hour erection. Um, I don't think that's good. I mean, I don't, I don't know, maybe for a woman, maybe for some women, maybe not, let's be honest. I can't think of any women that would like... 91 hours of non-stop red-hot loving. Even from me. I know. I... <laughs> uh, anyway, let's start with this. I have given up booze for three weeks now. It's uh, called Sober October. Or as I call it, is it November yet? I mean, it's fine. But is it? Could it be? Can we speed that up a bit? Um, I there wasn't a huge drinker, um, says everyone that drinks a lot. Um, but I did used to drink a fair amount, I suppose. So I decided it would be a good idea to give it up for October in sober October. A female friend of mine advised me into it, said that she was doing it. She fell off the wagon on week one. Fell off the wagon on week one, which is not fair. Um, so I've imposed on her a week edition. So as soon as November kicks in, she still has to wake another wait another week. Um, and that would be the fine if I have a drink in October as well. So I'm not drinking in October, simply put. Uh, so far, as I say, we're on week three. Feelings of great satisfaction, actually. Sometimes replaced with huge irritation is what I'm going through. This week was particularly weird. Uh, week three of sober October. I went on a mindful drinking pub crawl. I know, you couldn't make that up. That's Honestly, I did. I went on a mindful drinking pub crawl. A friend of a friend of a friend said that if you're going to do this, you're going to need some non-alcoholic beer, right? So I've got this non-alcoholic beer, which, by the way, in the old days used to be about as uh, pleasing as drinking your own urine or a Bud Light. Um, but nowadays, actually, alcohol-free beer is actually all right. And I'm not just saying that. I mean, obviously, there's the crap stuff. But if you can filter through and find some good stuff... It is really good. So what they do is they brew it in a normal way and then they take the alcohol off afterwards. So it's actually got like 0.5%, but you'd have to have, I don't know, I'd probably have to have about 20 bottles of that to get a mild buzz, by which point I'd probably 
be living on a toilet. Um, so, sorry for the graphic details, but you get the idea. I'm saying well, you couldn't possibly drink enough to get drunk at 0.5% vol. So, um, yeah. So, anyway, this woman, um, who I've been getting my alcohol-free beer from, um, said, why don't you come on a mindful drinking pub crawl? To which I said, no. Um, and she said, no, hang on a minute. Don't be so quick to judge. After all, you yourself, Vinny, said this week... When I was talking to her, I said, um, I said, no, I'm quite enjoying it because I am. I actually genuinely am. I like the feeling of waking up. Actually, I don't actually wake up any earlier, but I do wake up somewhat healthier and I feel clearer of mind and I'm getting loads and loads of stuff done and all the stuff that you would think that you'd probably do if you gave up drinking, but you never do because who wants to give up drinking? Because let's be honest, it's quite a lot of fun. Um, so since I've given it up, I've actually genuinely really enjoyed myself and I'm reasonably confident in life so I don't really need beer in the pub and I don't I genuinely don't think any of us do I think that we use it as a crutch and you know if you slip up something or if you're a bit leery or you say the wrong thing you will say oh it wasn't me it was the drink talking whereas actually if you don't get drunk the chances of you actually saying something incredibly frightfully inappropriate are quite low and let's be honest, since Trump's come in, we can all say what we want and it doesn't really matter because he's going to say worse anyway. Um, so my, somehow it all roads back to Trump. Must pull away, must pull away. All gone a bit Kevin Bacon. Um, so, yeah, here we are in this situation where I decided to go on a mindful drinking pub crawl. Mindful drinking, by the way, is the slightly more PC term for not drinking. Teetotal has like connotations of, I don't know, Mormons and... Um, to to not drink isn't really the case because I was drinking. I was just being mindful of what I was drinking. So although it's a sort of very politically correct name, and I'm sure many of you are hurling into a bucket as I speak, the mindful drinking pub crawl is what I went on, uh, which basically means any other kind of pub crawl, only far less pubs because who can not drink for 10 pubs? That's mental. Uh, it was only three pubs. And uh, along the way, they'd organised special drinks. So all the pubs knew that we were coming on this mindful drinking pub crawl and had organised such wonderful concoctions as alcohol-free beer and what I drank, which was a beetroot espresso martini. Yeah, a beetroot espresso martini, which might sound repulsive, but again, I'm learning a lot out of this. Um, you'll be surprised. It's really nice. Gives you a little bit of a kick from the espresso, of course. Beetroot quite tangy. Uh, the, the booze that they use in it obviously isn't booze. It's made from some sort of herbs and spices. I don't really know the details. All I know was it was $10 Canadian, 10 Canadian dollars. And actually, to my remarkable surprise, once I'd got over the slight feeling of, of uncomfortableness from spending $10 on a soft drink, it was really nice. And I met some really cool people. Uh, some people were doing Sober October. Some were former alcoholics. And some people just don't like beer and just don't like drinking. And actually, this sort of massive wedge that I've built up in my mind that I have spent time thinking that if I was not drinking the beer that I was drinking or the wine that I was drinking, I wouldn't have a good time. And it was a massive slice of the pie towards a good night. Yeah, It was a massive percentage 
and without it, it wouldn't have been the same. That's just not the case. Now, I'm probably speaking to many people that don't drink and think, yes, you alcoholic retrobate, I've known that for years. But I think for a lot of people that rely on drinking as a social crutch, as so many of us do in the West, in Western culture, I think that you can mix up over the years, or in my case, over the decades, that thought process to think, I need booze to have a good time, or I can't go out without booze, or I can't certainly go into a pub and not drink. And the answer is, you can, and no one cares. And if they do, screw them. So, all in all, it's actually been quite a good experience. The weird thing is, though, out this sober October, of course, if you're not going to the pub, which I haven't been doing as much, because who wants to go on a mindful drinking crawl every night? There's only so much beetroot espresso martini I can consume. Um, I am doing other things. So I've been to the theatre, I've been rock climbing, I've been running, and this week I did a spin class. The woman that decided to make me do this sober October uh, managed to pull me to a spin class. I thought a spin class was cycling on a stationary bike. It turns out it's actually not. It's an attempt to bring on a heart attack. Uh, my friend who encouraged me to go, and is presumably being paid off by my girlfriend, who I recently added to my will, uh, said it would be easy. Uh, she forgot to mention the words, if your name is Lance Armstrong. At one point, I was pedalling so hard I farted. I'm not proud of this. I did. A little cheeky one, little air biscuit slipped out, which meant 15 obnoxiously beautiful women became overcome with the scent of my inner being. It was so unbelievably painfully embarrassing, I had to stop and pretend to adjust my seat. I was actually thinking at one point, if only I could just whack on a rear wheel, I would cycle home. Or at least into some oncoming traffic outside. It was mental. I didn't know, I didn't know that cycling brought on the farts. No, when, when I got a bike as a kid, I don't remember that in the manual. Don't pedal too hard, you'll fart. Why not learn that when you're on a stationary bike surrounded by beautiful women? Perfect. If anyone actually is thinking about doing a sober November or a sober, let's not do December, uh, January, then I can really recommend it. It's a fantastically good thing to do, as long as you put your mind to doing lots of other stuff. And even if you do fall off a climbing wall, as I did, or do a piano lesson and realise that you've not got great hand-eye coordination, as I did, or do a spin class where you stand and sit on a stationary bike in a ridiculously fast-paced environment where you accidentally fart to the displeasure of everyone else in the room, you have to bear in mind that really, in retrospect, you've probably done far worse things drunk. I know I have. Particularly when I was in Ottawa some years ago and I decided it would be a good idea to take my pants off and put on a skirt and then stand on a table doing pelvic thrusts while grabbing my crotch until a bouncer removed me from the table and indeed the premises. Rock and roll days. Rock and roll. Right, let's move on and look back at some of the news from around the world this week, starting in Oklahoma with an erection. Why wouldn't you? An Oklahoma inmate claimed that he has suffered a 91-hour erection. That's what he said he went through, and he says he's suing his prison for failing to offer medical care. Yeah, he also claims he was mocked rather than offered medical assistance when he tried to raise... Come on. Tried to raise... The issue with the jailers. Uh, according to the Tulsa World this week and the Washington Post, a 32-year-old former prison inmate, Dustin Lance, suffered a permanent injury as a result of his uh, 91-hour erection. It actually dates back to December 2016 when Lance swallowed a, quote, mystery pill 
always a good idea, given to him by another inmate and then reportedly endured an erection for 91 hours. One pill gave you a 91-hour erection. What super-strength Viagra is that? Uh, He alleges that it took four days uh, since swallowing the pill before he was given proper attention. (laughs) What, a bucket of ice? Uh, The lawsuit is a $5 million civil rights case only in America uh, because of treatment, or lack of it, given to him by the Pittsburgh County Jail. In a bizarre twist, county officials filed a petition to dismiss Lance's case on the grounds that he was dead. Um, something which his lawyer reportedly put down as a quite bad error. He says, I had a 91-hour erection and it's your fault, prison, even though I managed to get a pill that was offered by my prison mate. Um, and the prison says, nah, you were dead. So I don't. I mean, it's very difficult to unpick exactly what happened there, but uh, if you're interested, a priapism is what it's termed. Uh, according to this, I didn't know this. A priapism. I, I didn't know this because it's never happened to me. I don't think mine's lasted much more than. Uh, what? Do we need to go into my detail? I don't think we do. No. That was very, very often revealed too much. I think the fart on the bicycle was enough for one show. Let's keep my erection to myself in every possible sense. Uh, a priapism is a medical term for an erection that will not go away, if you're interested. Um, which I think is a bad thing. Um, well, it depends which way you look at it, really. I mean, if you're Hugh Hefner, fantastic, massive bonus. In fact, maybe that was his demise. Poor man. And by poor man, I mean lucky bastard. When we come back, we will try and get hold of Amanda Capito, see what she's been up to this week, and we'll look at cocaine. It's evil, it's wrong, but who's taking it? All that coming up. You are listening to The Vinnie White Show. Welcome back to The Vinnie White Show with me, rather expectedly, I would think, Vinnie White. This is News Talk 1010, NewsTalk1010.com, iHeartRadio.ca. Uh, you can listen to the podcast every week if you want. Uh, subscribe on iTunes, look for Vinnie White. So you spell it, a bit, a bit of a weird spelling, you spell it V I N N E Y, white like the colour, or a Vinnie White if you prefer. Um, sure you don't um so that's that now then we're going to talk to amanda capito and we'll look around the world looking back at this week's news as always but first of all on the back of a united nations office on drugs and crime report that came out this week we're going to look at cocaine cocaine um we'll get to that report in a minute but first of all let's just understand cocaine what is it can we have some quick facts and history about it and so we can really understand it Some of this might surprise you. Sulfuric acid is used to soak the coca leaves, and acetone, ether, and hydrochloric acid are used in the cocaine-making process. You can be sure that criminal empires aren't safely disposing of the waste in biohazard containers and hazmat suits. This wreaks absolute havoc on the environment, with one estimate stating that 200 million gallons of kerosene, 8 million gallons of solvent, 
and 2 million gallons of sulfuric acid are soaked into the soil and dumped into the rivers and streams of Colombia every year. Have you ever tried to get hooked on cocaine but just can't seem to make the habit stick? Try cigarettes! If you already do smoke, your brain is primed and ready to go for a debilitating cocaine addiction. Research published in Science Translational Medicine shows that the nicotine in cigarettes makes specific changes in the brain, which allow for a quicker and easier addiction to cocaine. In the early 1900s, African Americans were being blamed for many things due to cocaine. One doctor spread panic through various publications, including the New York Times, saying crazy but at the time credible sounding stuff like, quote, sexual desires are increased and perverted, peaceful Negroes become quarrelsome. More recent research, along with research from that era, has shown that cocaine use at the time was actually lower among African Americans than among white Americans, despite what the good doctor claimed. By the way, that dude was hardcore racist, like 1800s Disney style. Coke was basically Tylenol 120 years ago. Today, people literally fight wars for and against the stuff, but it used to be only a pharmacy away. The German pharmaceutical company Merck began producing about 50 grams of cocaine a year in the 1860s and 70s, but by 1885, they were producing 83,000 kilograms a year, about 91 tons. This was because cocaine was prescribed for everything. Toothache? Rub some coke on it. Fatigue? There's a powdery miracle drug for that. Depressed? Well, the US Surgeon General says it will work for that. And they say there's no danger of addiction. Sigmund Freud concurs. The preeminent father of psychoanalysis published a long-ass paper on how great the stuff was, and started using it a lot. To his surprise, it became a problem. In the 1890s, after almost killing a patient while under the influence of cocaine, Freud stopped using the drug. It was after that when some of his most famous work was produced. Amazing facts there on cocaine. So, it pollutes rivers, it rips off farmers, it tears apart families, it's been used in the past to promote racism, it's expensive, it's cut with everything from tranquilizers to bleach, it's responsible for brutal murders of innocent communities in Mexico and all around the world, it's destroyed the lives of famous, it's destroyed the lives of the homeless, it's likely to put you in jail. But is there a downside to cocaine? <laughs> Cocaine is one of the most widely spread and consumed hard drugs on the planet. It's found its way into absolutely every Western country. Now, the United Nations Office on Drugs and Crime released some data this week. And looking at men and women of the age of 16 and up, we now know which countries use cocaine around the world the most. And the results are pretty bonkers. We're going to do the top 10 in reverse order of the most globally snorted, for want of a better word, cocaine users. Who does the most? It's Cocaine Countdown. Snorting their way into number 10, it's Canada. Yes, with 1.46% of Canada's population doing cocaine at one time or another in their life, we can... Well, that's what's reporting. It might be slightly higher than that. These figures... We'll go with a pinch of white stuff. Um, snorting their way to number 10, Canada. 1.46% of the population uh, in the... So very much the last of the top 10 of cocaine users around the world. At number 9, nasally vacuuming their way in to number 9 is Ireland, with 1.5% of people having used cocaine at one time or another in their life. 
Shoveling the booger sugar. At number eight is the Netherlands, of course, home to many drugs, recreational uh, from around the world, ending up on the streets of Amsterdam. Very open policy to drugs. They are in at number eight. Big on blow at number seven, it's Chile, with 1.73% of Chileans having a toot. Channeling the Charlie at number six is Uruguay. 1.8% of Uruguayans uh, having a little shifty on the bufti. Down under and up the bugle, it's Australia at number five with 2.1%. And uh, approaching now into the top five, we move to number four. The most cocaine used globally at number four, tapas and rioja and nose candy, because I got her. It's Spain at 2.2% of Spaniards enjoying something from the top of a toilet. Uh, White lines from Dover to Glasgow at number three, it's proudly the United Kingdom. 2.25% of people in the United Kingdom, as they call it, hoovering up. In at number two, on the most cocaine used globally, it is, surprisingly perhaps, the United States of America. In 1971, President Richard Nixon declared a war on drugs. Now, nearly 50 years later, and it's going great as... uh, United States cruises at 2.3% into number two of the most cocaine done in the entire world. Sucking up more naughty, nasty nostril or nose annihilator than anyone else in the whole world, though, is a real surprise. What's amazing about these statistics, in my opinion, is it's not Colombia. That's not number one. It's not Peru. In fact, it's not even on that continent. The most cocaine done by any country in the world is, a really surprising one, Albania. The highest percentage of anywhere on the planet when it comes to consuming cocaine at 2.5% of all residents having a go on the booger shug. We heard about cocaine earlier and the damage it can do to the environment and indeed let's extend that to people's nasal passages, cavities, brain functioning and families. But it is popular. Sadly, in rich circles, which is probably why it only really appears in rich countries on that top ten. Now, to discover more, a TV show is going to come out, and it's about cocaine. It's going to be a little while until it comes out on the TV, but it has to be one of the most bizarre people fronting the show. Gordon Ramsay. Soon to be on TV, Gordon Ramsay on cocaine, and that is the title Gordon Ramsay on cocaine. Let's take a listen what's going to come up. I saw cocaine quite a lot in my career. I've been asked to dust cocaine on top of souffles. Peace. I want to see how widespread the problem is. Staff toilets. Positive. 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 I mean, it is everywhere. I'm heading to the source. Columbia. I knew it was going to be intense, but not quite like this. I'm appalled at what goes into it. And the value of this, 100 grand, it is everywhere. A part of crime and punishment season, Gordon Ramsay on cocaine. A peek there into Gordon Ramsay on cocaine. That's the actual title. Gordon Ramsay on cocaine, coming to a television near you soon. Imagine Gordon Ramsay actually on cocaine. God, he'd be shouting at people, talking quickly. He'd get bothered by little things. And he'd produce endless television. Cool. Imagine Gordon Ramsay on cocaine. What amazes me about that clip, though, is the bit where he says he's been asked to dust it on top of a souffle. I've been asked to dust cocaine on top of souffles. What does that even look like in a fine dining restaurant? Excuse me, dear fellow. 
Would you be so kind as to ask the chef if he minds dusting this lovely lemon pecan souffle with some Charlie? Oh, also, can I have the wine list? Much obliged, old chap. I don't want wine, I just want the list. It's terribly difficult doing it off a tablecloth, isn't it? <laughs> Probably happens. Gordon Ramsay on cocaine. Welcome back to the Vinnie White Show here on News Talk 1010 Toronto. My name is Vinnie White, and this show happens every single week, whether you like it or not. Hopefully, you do. We continue to look back at this week's news from around the world. In Spain, Catalan leaders have insisted they will reject any attempt by Madrid to impose direct rule on their autonomous region as a political crisis escalates over Catalonia's threats to declare independence from Spain. This probably won't end well from my knowledge of this. I was in Barcelona a few weeks ago. You may have caught the radio show I did from there and things were looking quite shady at that point and they seem to be getting shadier by the minute if you are going to Barcelona anytime soon you'll probably be fine just pack some pepper spray and a Canadian flag thankfully people still love us rock on Canada now you'll be fine meanwhile really bizarre news story that came out and then immediately disappeared you may have heard about Robert Mugabe's being a goodwill ambassador yeah this is a weird one the head of the UN health agency made Robert Mugabe Zimbabwe's president, a goodwill ambassador for the World Health Organization. And then he found out that Robert Mugabe was an awful human being. So today, the head of the UN Health Agency has now revoked an appointment of Zimbabwe's president, Robert Mugabe, as goodwill ambassador. So I think he must have just gone, I don't know, probably we should give it to someone in Africa. Who's really famous? Mugabe? Sure. He's not an arsehole, is he? Oh, yeah. Oh, you haven't done it, have you? Oh, yeah, he is. Sorry, I didn't know. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, Robert Mugabe, 93, the world's oldest head of state and most confused script reader, has long been criticised at home for going overseas for medical treatment as Zimbabwe's once prosperous economy falls apart and suffers human rights abuses. Goodwill ambassador for the World Health Organization, a guy that leaves his own country to go and get expensive medical care elsewhere. I can think of one billion better ambassadors than Goodwill Ambassador Robert Mugabe for the World Health Organization. Actually, I can think of three better Roberts off the top of my head. Robert Plant would be a better Goodwill Ambassador. Robert Smith from The Cure. Robert Plant, by the way, of course, from Led Zeppelin. I'm sticking very much to British bands at the moment, Roberts. Uh, let's do another Robert. Uh, Robert Downey Jr., the actor, he would have been better. One can only assume there's also a Robert Downey Sr. He would also be a better choice than Mugabe, and I don't even know who he is. Now then, 
Let's get on the telephone though to our old buddy Amanda Capito and see what's crackalacking with her. She's a charm. She's a pleasure. She's an Amanda. Hello, Amanda. Hi. Amanda Capito joins me from home in Toronto. Hey, Toronto's kicking off today. There were two things that happened. Of course, you probably know there was the Scotiabank. Um, oh, I don't want to yeah. give them free sponsorship, actually. There was a <laughs> generic marathon that had nothing to do when, with any large corporate entity. In fact, just, to, just for balance, can I just say that RBC and Tangerine and various other products are really good. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what in this case i don't know if it's positive promo because lots of people are upset about the scotia bank marathon because it shuts down R- toronto roads oh, and every year it's like everyone forgets yeah. that this is happening and everyone gets upset and their panties in a bunch as you would say um, because i've never said panties in a bunch i might yeah. have said most i've said knickers in a knot but never pan <laughs> yours is more dirty i don't like that panties is more filthy well, there's an overall um, aggravated feeling amongst Toronto drivers. And so... Did you get stuck in the traffic? I didn't because I planned accordingly. But I know that people don't. And I was going out for brunch with some friends and everyone was late. And um, it was because because of the road closures that, again, it's like... Did they shut the whole of the gardener? Part, they, I don't even know. I I avoided it as a just in case. But you know what? You just do your research in advance. I and I use Waze, the app, which will reroute me accordingly, based on road closures. So just I don't know. People just got to plan ahead. Can I give the city of Toronto a little bit of advice? Right? There are a lot of people that like doing marathons, and sometimes there's half marathons. Sometimes there's cycle races. Sometimes. There's just walks with your dog. Sometimes you like taking the kids for a walk. There's all kinds of things that most cities do that have a lake or a beach. On the beach or on the lake. Why did you not think of this? Why did you not build a really long place that you can just walk along the lake? Like, I don't know, everyone that's got a lake. <laughs> well, there is a bit of a boardwalk on the on the east end there and the beaches, but it's not equipped to host a marathon. No. That's the thing. I just feel like Toronto, well, Toronto wasn't prepared for what it what it is now. You know, we never thought it was going to boom the way it did. So yeah, I guess and, I, and it was not prepared for what it will be tomorrow either. It's just constantly no, it unprepared. It's like my yeah. mum, always surprised about everything. My mum's thing is whenever we're in traffic, she goes, oh, where is everybody going? Well, where are you going, <laughs> mum? You're part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> she's always um, amazed by everything like she's never in her life been not surprised by the time so if you go um mum what's the time she'll look at what she'll say oh my goodness it's quarter past six it was always going to be later than you thought i don't know how you can still be surprised after 80 years oh, i know she's, her heart. she's so lovely she sounds like a doll she would have been three hours late for your brunch today i'll tell you <laughs> Um, anyway, a quick rant about Toronto over. There was another thing that happened in Toronto, slightly more serious, but not outrageous. Four people were arrested and a cop was hurt today outside City Hall by a really weird protest. It was um, a, it was a protest put together basically against the policies of Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. But it was such a weird thing. And I, I'd encourage you to try and look at some of the photographs of some of the um, some of the protesters. It was such a mixed bunch of people with such incredibly separate agendas that seemed to have come together under the banner of 
I'm just not happy right now. So there's a picture <laughs> of a man dressed up as Donald Trump, which I didn't think was ever a good idea on the streets of Toronto. But apparently this guy is pro-Trump and basically oh. an, yeah, an anti-immigration. So he's dressed up like white bloke. You can't see his head because he's got a rubber Donald Trump mask on. Pictures in the Toronto Sun, if you're interested. Standing next to someone that's got a banner that says... Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Standing next to <laughs> standing next to someone else that says we don't need a government to rule with an anarchy symbol. This just says Young and Dundas Square on an average day. <laughs> Actually, you're right. Probably the fella that's got the believe in Jesus, he's there every week shouting, and now For he's sure. just For he's sure. just got a few buddies today, hasn't he? Yeah. And then there's always someone with some sort of mask, whether it's like an anonymous mask or we got some like Spider-Man situation. Like there's always some sort of costume. Exactly. I'm surprised there wasn't a break dancer and a man dressed up head to toe in silver as well. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what do we want? Shimmering silver. When do we want it now? Yeah. <laughs> Right, it's just if you don't like Trudeau, that's fine. And I'm not saying he's perfect. Listen, I'm not going to get into the politics of it all. But um, first of all, I will say one thing. Believe me, we've had a lot worse. And uh, I don't mind him. That's just my personal opinion. But it's perfectly all right to not like him, you know. But it is weird to think I don't like him, but I do like Trump. And I'm going to dress up as him in this metropolitan city in Canada. Isn't that a bit weird? Is it an early Halloween costume? <laughs> like, maybe he's just getting in the spirit. <laughs> maybe. That certainly explains a few things. <laughs> oh, dear me. Anyway, before we get too political, uh, speaking of Halloween, have you got your costume all sorted? Is it A, a onesie, or B, a banana? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Great guesses. But also, I love Halloween. I don't know if you know. This is like my favorite holiday. I think it's great. Yeah. And um, I'm going to three different parties. I will have three oh, different God. costumes. You know what? <laughs> you make me feel so pathetic. Honestly. <laughs> three different parties, three different costumes. You might as well just go. Don't even talk anymore. Just say, when we start these phone calls, just say, Vinny, how many friends have you got? I'll come up with a random number that I'm going to make up, like 100, which isn't true. And you can say, I've got 700. And then we'll just finish the call. <laughs> I do not mean to one-up you. This is just the reality. And it's Two questions. Who goes to three parties? And second question, why do you need three outfits? Because I'm presuming no one would know what you were wearing at the other ones anyway. Oh, the three parties are on different days. Oh, I thought you were doing it. Because you did once go, in fairness, you did once go to three parties in one night. Yes, yes, I do that. But that, yeah, I wouldn't have changed in between parties on the same night. That's a bit much. This is like Halloween weekend. So I have a party the Friday night, the Saturday night, and then then Tuesday, Halloween. Okay, go on then. Give me the three costumes. I'm going to be Woody from Toy Story on the Friday. The second day, I'm going to be Adele, the singer, but a zombified version of her. (laughs) Zombie Adele. Yeah. (laughs) And then on Tuesday, on actual Halloween, I'm going as Carrie Bradshaw from Sex and the City. Is she the one that's got a slightly horse face? I don't, maybe some might say that. I don't think she has a horse face, though. She looks a bit like Celine Dion. She's the main girl. Yeah, I guess she kind of looks like Celine Dion. She's got a long (laughs) face. She looks a bit down, is what I'm saying. I mean, sure. Yeah. She's not a bad looking chick. Oh, man, do I sound sexist today? What has happened to me? (laughs) She's not a bad looking uh, broad. I'm just saying, she's kind of long in the tooth. 
No, listen, I'm no Brad Pitt. She's fine. Yeah, she's great. That's it. What about you? Well, do you know that I've not been drinking? Right, that's right. Are you still going on the dry spell? Yeah, still on the dry spell. Technically, speaking of which, it does finish at midnight on Halloween, November the okay. 1st. So I'll go out. I'll have a few. I'll, I'll have a few in the morning because it'll probably be a late one. Um, I'm thinking about going as Melania Trump. <laughs> All right, just a spin. Like, there's going to be a lot of Donald Trump costumes, I'm assuming. But, yeah, you go as as, as his better half. Yeah. I, the only problem is I've never really walked with stilettos, and you can't do that look without the stilettos. So it's either that or I've got access to a bottle of mustard, a, a costume that is a bottle of mustard. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. But then I, my girlfriend's not around. If she was, she could be the hot dog. It would be perfect. Or could Yeah, or ketchup. Um, watch this space is all I can say. Um, but if you fancy tweeting some pictures of yourself, it's at Amanda Capito. Is it? I've forgotten it. No, it's at no. A Capito. <laughs> yeah, it's A Capito. Yeah, good. And I'm at Vinnie White, if anyone can be bothered to look at pictures of me. Uh, Amanda, this has been a cataclysmic end to a fantastic little segment uh, where we've been wedged together in perfect harmony. But alas, it is no more. I'm going to have to let you go, love. Okay, thank you. It was great to chat. Yeah, as always. I'll speak to you next week then for Halloween. Yes. Thanks. Talk to you next week. Cheers, love. Ta-da. Bye. And with that rather amazingly, we seem to be wrapping up the show already. How quickly it flew by. My name's Vinnie White. You've been listening to The Vinnie White Show. And as always, I like to wedge in a little bit of promo for a company that is absolutely definitely not affiliated with me in any way, because that would be shameful. And I am a very subtle man. That company this week just randomly picked and selected completely randomly at random with absolutely no connection to me is MrPhotoCanvas.com. MrPhotoCanvas.com blows up your beautiful face or beautiful dog or wife's beautiful face or beautiful husband's face or ugly wife's face or ugly husband's face or ugly children's face. I don't know. Blows it up, sticks it on canvas. We don't pass any judgment on the quality of the faces, by the way. It's uh, a face is a face. Uh, but if you are interested in blowing up any pictures of your artwork, your travels, or indeed, as previously mentioned, your face, then get in touch with MrPhotoCanvas.com. How do you do that? You go to MrPhotoCanvas.com. Pay on pickup. Pickup is downtown Toronto. What reasons could there be not to go? MrPhotoCanvas.com. And since we're doing promotional things, iHeartRadio.ca. iHeartRadio. Good, enough of that. Um, fantastic. Um, I think we managed to keep the Trumpism to a minimum. I got some feedback of the week saying, Vinny, I love you very much. It's very kind of you. Um, very overtly passionate, but very welcome. Uh, listener, Karen, her name, said, uh, Vinny, I love you, but please stop talking about Trump. Um, it's not that you're not funny. It's hilarious, but it just makes me a bit sad. Yeah, I saw, I do get, <laughs> I do get that. I get the same feeling when I've watched John Oliver on HBO. I think, God, oh, that was well put together. Fantastically witty. Genius. Shame I feel like a drink, uh, which is quite difficult this week because I'm not drinking. So there you go. Um, so, yes, uh, we didn't really mention him much. You see, I mean, I don't really want to mention him at all. It's just that, you know, I would like the President of the United States to be cleverer than me. And that's not much to ask. Unfortunately, he has failed abysmally and continues to do so. It's amazing that we got to this. I think it started with Sarah Palin. Sarah Palin was very much a gateway idiot. Anyway, moving on. Uh, I won't bang on anymore. Always a pleasure, never a chore. Take care. See you next week for a Halloween special. I don't know what's special about it, but we'll find out next week. 
Coming up, David Edding, you're listening to News Talk 1010. My name is Vinnie White. Download the podcast at V-I-N-N-E-Y white.co.uk. Keep listening to News Talk 1010. 